is second kings chapter 5 if you would go there in the word of god with me second kings chapter 5 there was a drug rehab in pennsylvania known as the next step uh, foundation uh, the founder of this drug rehab was a man by the name of david francis uh, David Francis, a 65-year-old man, uh, opened this drug rehab with the sole purpose of bringing some form of healing to drug addicts uh, and those who were caught uh, in uh, committing uh, drug crimes. And so what David Francis uh, began to do, he opened up the center and as he did so, uh, he found himself with a number of people coming in the, through the doors. He began to take care of these people. But what the, what the common public had not known is that David Francis, the founder and the CEO himself, was literally providing and selling drugs himself to the people that were in the rehab. He was selling heroin and fentanyl, which is some form of synthetic opioid. And people on the outside believed that this man had good intentions. People on the outside was convinced that this man had somehow opened up this rehab for the sole purpose of helping drug addicts. But little did people know that he was fueling his own selfish craving with the pretension on the outside that he cared for people how many know the bible says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothings i want to talk to you this morning a very practical sermon and i want to preach to you for a few moments from this thought that i felt greatly stirred to touch on i want to preach to you a sermon i've called detecting deception one of the greatest and most effective tools of satan is deception from the beginning of creation the downfall of men was inspired and triggered by deception and the truth be told that has not changed in the last days, the, Bible's, the Bible tells us many will be deceived. Deception, I want to make, make a statement to you. Deception isn't only at inception, but will also be at the conclusion. The world started with deception in the garden, and the world will end with deception at conclusion. Deception is one of the marks that will be prevalent in the last days. On the offset, people will display a sense of concern and care. On the offset, people will display what seems to be so convincing on the outside. But when you get to go deeper into the reality of it, you find out there's lies and deceit and pretension and hypocrisy. And how many people today have fallen trapped to that garbage of deception? The tree looks good, but Satan lived in it. 
2 Kings chapter 5, I want to read to you this morning a very practical sermon. I ask that you would take this. Uh, go with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, and I pray that it will minister to you this morning. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. So Naaman said, Please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to two of his servants and they carried them on ahead of him. So in our text, we find that it reveals Naaman received healing. Naaman had leprosy as we know it. And Elisha counseled Naaman and told him to go to the river, dip himself seven times. And we know the story builds up to where it is now, where Naaman is completely healed, he is restored. And Elisha, in the meantime, had a servant who saw all of this happen. His name was Gehazi. And Gehazi, I don't know why they call it Gehazi. If it was in Malaysia, we will say Gehazi. But after Naaman got healed, Elisha turned down Naaman's gift. He said, no, I'm not taking that. Naaman offered Elisha a, a gift. Naaman offered Elisha uh, some form of uh, a gratuity, but he declined it. He said, no, I'm not taking this. And he told Naaman, you keep that. And Naaman left. However, Gehazi got wind of this. And what did Gehazi do? Just like any deceiver, they find every opportunity to cheat people. Gehazi had greed and deceptively determined in his heart to go after Naaman to take from him what his master Elisha had rejected. What a man, isn't it? He was, a sight, he, was the, he was the direct assistant to Elisha. And this man had covered himself up. Intriguingly, Naaman was deceived. We find in this passage, Naaman welcomed Gehazi. He was deceived by Gehazi's successful pitch. He bought into it. Naaman felt trapped to Gehazi's appeal. Despite knowing, this is what bothered me, and I'll talk about it in a moment, knowing very clearly that Elisha himself turned down the offer. He said, no, I do not want anything from you. I do not want to receive this gift from you. Yet here is Na uh, Elisha's assistant running after Naaman and Naaman falls trapped to this and says, you know what? Take it. 
And you have to ask yourself, why? How could Naaman become so deceived? How could Naaman so foolishly give in to this man? Have you wondered? Because deception, beloved, oftentimes blinds us from thinking. It disengages our brain. It demands subconscious decisions. Every deception, I want to be a bit technical right here for a few moments. I want to I speak to you from the psychological perspective why deception is so successful. Because when you study deception, it involves two parts. Number one, it involves the coverting, which is hiding what is real. Deception always carries with it the nature of hiding what is real. That is what you call dissimulation. In other words, it is masking. It is repackaging. It is dazzling. Same product, different package. And Gehazi in this passage is masking. He is making it sound so genuine. My master, you notice in the, my master has sent me in verses 22. He's making the sound so good on the outside. He's making Naaman, he's convincing Naaman of this. But the real reason is he's greedy. And that doesn't at all somehow come out he hides the real he covers up the real the real reason he has come to Naaman is to fuel his own greed can you imagine David Francis is not going to put up a banner on the outside of his rehab and say I'm selling drugs here <laughs> he's not going to tell you that it takes you to think and say what's what's up with this guy you have to think. He's covering up the reality and obviously Naaman doesn't see that. Unfortunately, like most people, they fall trapped to what people say. It sounds sweet, it sounds good. Every deception requires some form of cover-up. Satan in the garden offered the fruit, but he hit the cost. He didn't tell them what it will cost them. He didn't inform them that this is what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your whole life. He just told them you will get knowledge. He just told them you will be smarter than God. And people, you know, just like Adam and Eve, people just fall trapped to that. Deception is always presented. Listen very carefully. Anyone who deceives anyone, it is done for one sole reason, selfish and personal gain. I remember not too far away from us, there is a mall. Years ago in that mall, what had happened was, some of you may be familiar with this story, but uh, there, were, there was a shooting spree, a shooting scene that transpired in the meeting uh, because these developers that had developed this apartment and the mall uh, were part of a gang. And what happened is, these were, many of them were moneylenders. So they opened up this condo, they sold the units, they wanted to make fast money. So they sold these units, people bought into them. Uh, they were not a known developer, but people still bought. 
And eventually, uh, they started opening up restaurants. And what became very suspicious is they began to change the name of the restaurants. They would open up the restaurant, they would call it a certain name, they would make some money from that, and then they would tell people, oh, we're no longer going to sell Chinese food, we're going to sell Japanese food. So that the authorities couldn't track their movement, and they could continue cheating people. But what they were doing was they were cleaning up their money. They were alongs. They were money lenders. That's why the people were paying them and they were taking the money that people paid to lend and to loan those money. And then what they would do, they'll earn interest and then they'll open up something else and tell people, oh, this is it. And all it was was a cover-up. It was a denial from the truth. This is exactly what happens when things begin to change. You better get suspicious. Many food companies don't call sugar, sugar anymore. Sugar-free. But if you look at the ingredients, it has glucose. Glucose is a type of simple sugar. It's just termed differently. And so what do people do? They know how to deceive others. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 16 to 17, Do not be deceived. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Listen, what does that mean? There is no variation of shadow on turning. In the NIV version, that dis the description of that right there, no variation of shadow of turning means who does not change like shifting shadows. That means when God sends us something, it stays to what it is. But you see, liars will keep changing. Deception. When they try to try to hide the rail, they have to lie. They have to change. They have to put on a pretension. Then that is the dissimulation part. Then there is the second part to it. As I said, this is a little technical. Just bear with me. It is the simulation part. Dissimulation and simulation. So deception not only involves hiding the rail, but deception also involves showing the false. And what does that mean? People are great at making up stories today. People are great at making up all kinds of documents or false uh, uh, information just to get you to do something. This is what we talk about in this context of mimicking, inventing, decoying. In other words, Gehazi in our passage is using his master's name to express concern. He's saying, my master cares, these two people came down. And so here's Naaman. In his mind, Naaman thinks, wow, you're so concerned about people, ah, wow. And so Naaman says, take, 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 take. How many people come and tell you they care about people all for their own pockets? Right? Isn't that what so many NGOs are about? Huh? Oh, we want to help the poor. Are you sure? Because I, I have read too many stories about deception. They collect to only pocket for themselves. It's, 
Can you, can you hear me this morning, beloved? In this passage, Gehazi is blowing up what is false. Why is he doing that? He's shifting the focus. He doesn't want people to see him as greedy. He wants people to see him as concerned. So he doesn't emphasize on the rail, he emphasizes on the fault. Every deception involves those two components. Dissimulation, which is, which is hiding the rail, and simulation, which is showing the false. You have to hear me. If you want to avoid being deceived to people's uh, uh, invitation and, and, and whatever that goes on out there, you have to learn to identify what is truth, beloved. Young men of the sons of the prophet have come, he said. Deception this morning is the absence of truth. There is always hypocrisy. There is always pretension. They emphasize the lie so much so that you will be ignorant to the truth. They would harp on you to brainwash you. Day in, day out, drum it in you like Gehazi. This is what happens to online preaching many times. This is what makes scams so successful. They use names that are familiar probably. They use something that is familiar to what most people are familiar with. We don't call Colgate or we don't call toothpaste toothpaste anymore. We call it Colgate. And somehow someone will come up with a term. I remember Brother Dennis just sent me, uh, 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 you know, part of all the sermon came from this stuff that I've been reading. Numbers of people who have been conned into scams. Numbers of people who are, you know, deceived by people who are lying and cheating. And I realized that he sent me a text the other day. And in this video was a Singapore airline uh, a, a ticket that came out. And, and Singapore Airlines is offering free, free flight tickets to anyone who wants to fly. If you looked at the website, see the people they usually call are people who are easily beguiled by it. If you look at the website, www.singaporeair.com But the, what most people don't realize, there's a little slash at the back and with that slash is an extension. It's a deception. And people fall trapped to that. Because it's Singapore air. So how do we avoid that kind of garbage? See, at the root, this is what makes deception so difficult to tell apart. Because a deceiver hides the truth and emphasizes the false. Always. This is how a deceiver functions. He overemphasizes the false. He mimics the false to something that you are familiar with. They sound so right oftentimes, yet it is so wrong. A deceived person is convinced. Listen very carefully. When a person is deceived, he is convinced he's not deceived. This is what happens with the gospel. It offers that come our way. It empty promises that are made. And people stand like, you know, they are fighting for the truth. But... <laughs> actually literally fighting for a lie. Deception is fueled. Listen to me very carefully. Listen, listen. Deception is fueled by contradictions and empty words. 
So go with me then, and let's talk about the poison of deception. Because unless we cut deception off, you will constantly allow deception to eat at you. Galatians 6 verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For what a man sows, that he will also reap. Can I say to you, one deception will always lead to another. Naaman's failure to point out the deception is a lesson we have to learn. Despite Gehazi being Elisha's personal attendant. Oh, you are a trustworthy person. You are his assistant. You are his second right-hand man. So on and so forth. Oh, you must be, uh, you know, it must be true then. You see, what Gehazi did is what we have to avoid doing. It doesn't matter who speaks and who comes up with it. If it's not from the Word of God, if it's not biblical, if it's coming from a source that you know you need to verify and check, do that, beloved. Don't fall trapped to deception. Oh, this person said this. So what? Do you know their history? The con man they've been? The con woman they've been? So what? I am upset because I read the news every day and I see how many people lose precious money because of people who lie and deceive them. For Naaman, he did as Gehazi instructed him. No questions asked. Can, can you imagine? Just like Eve. No, God said, don't eat the fruit. And Satan came back and he retaliated and said, no, 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 you eat the fruit because God just does what. And you know what she did? She didn't question him. She didn't walk away. She gave in. Isn't that what everybody do? We oftentimes, when we are deceived, we don't ask questions. Just shut up. Don't ask anything. Don't do. Don't. Don't, 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 don't uh, uh, trigger anything. Don't. Why? If it's truth, why can't I ask you scriptures from the Bible? What does the scripture say? Pastor, if it's true, why can't I ask you questions regarding the sermon you preach? Pastor, if you're preaching the truth, why can't I ask questions? You see, deception hates questions. Genesis 3, 4-6, Then the serpent said to the woman, Whatever I'm telling you this morning, write it down, church, because it's going to help you uh, in these last days where people are going to come and deceive you one way or another, whether for the gospel or whether for, you know, whatever else it could be. But listen to Genesis 3, 4-6, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open." And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eye and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Let me tell you this morning, in life, me included, we cannot underestimate the possibility of being deceived. Every breeding human being will undeniably face some form of deception. So the question then, what lures us into that deception? What makes us so susceptible towards that 
deception. Have you wondered why? Why do I go after this guy who literally sweet talks me, but deep down in him he has no character? Why do I go after him? Or why do I pursue this when there is really no evidence, but I'm like a fool just following just because people say it's true? Or why do I follow something in Scripture when it technically doesn't sit well with all the other scriptures. Why don't we question? Why are we so susceptible to deception? Number one, because we always love to follow our heart. We have desires, we have lust, we have temptation. You know why scams do so well? Because everybody loves money. Amen. And so they, they just have to flash some money. Have you seen the amount of YouTube videos that appear and, you know, uh, people show up, you know, with $5 million in the bank, 200000 Oh, you can be the next person. Why? Why did why they touch that? Why do they touch that? Because they know if I can get to the human heart, Right? We always say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. If you give food, you will win everybody. That's the truth. Your heart's desire. So because your heart desires that stuff, because your heart longs for that stuff, because your heart is, you know, becoming more and more, you know, tempted with that, your desire lures you, even when it is a deception, you brainwash yourself to say it's real. Just like Eve. Jeremiah 17, 9. You want to know what is the most deceitful thing in your life? Let's read it. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You see, beloved, sometimes we want what appeals to our eyes. We want what satisfies our senses. We look at a relationship with somebody and we want to pursue that relationship because they look good on the outside. But just like Lot and Abraham, the Bible tells us that when Abraham saw the left and the right, he turned to Lot and what did he say? Lot, you make first choice. Because Abraham inside, deep down, he understood that he had a relationship, a covenant with God and God would protect him irregardless of what Lot took. He didn't have to chase after it, he didn't have to run after it, he didn't have to go beyond it. He simply said, Lot, you make first choice. And what did Lord choose? Lord looked around. He said, you know what? This land looks like it's watering with, you know, proper, uh, 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 you know, water is flowing well in this land. I will take that land, well-watered land. And Abraham looked the other side and says, okay, I will take this in that case. But we know the land that Lord chose, it looked good on the outside, but it became Sodom and Gomorrah. A land that God eventually destroyed. Have you heard the song, Listen to Your Heart? Pastor, I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. You're not thinking. You're looking at his... I know in Asia, we may not have blue eyes, but... You know, 
and you're convinced, oh, the guy looks... Or, or have you walked into a car showroom? Like, wow, I can see myself driving that car. And then, and then you start following, or you walk into Bath and Body Works. Right? You start following your heart. The brain doesn't get engaged. How much money do I have in the bank? Doesn't kick in. I must have this. It doesn't matter. You don't have food to eat. Never mind. Follow your heart. Because you know why? The smell is more important in your house than the money in your bank account. Even you run zero in your bank account, you must, your house must smell nice. That's following the heart, right? The second reason why we are so deceived, we fall trapped, is because we are blinded. Pride, conceit, subconscious decisions. This is what salesmen know how to do. When they talk to you, they don't let you think. That's why they harp on you day in and day out. Ah, you want to buy her? You want to buy her? How come you want to buy her? You want to buy her? You want to buy her? They want you to make a decision without you thinking. They understand that. That's why you must learn to say, no, not now. Let me think about it and I will come back to you if I'm interested. See, how many people subconsciously pride kicks in, we blindly follow, we give in to names just because they have some kind of credibility, we give in to their names and we start following instead of following God. There's blindness, so we fall trapped. Yeah, you know what? Satan said, I will be like God. Wow, pride. I want to be that. I want people to look at me and say, wow, you changed the world. You know what offends me about that? People can't even change their homes, but they want to change the world. And that's a different sermon for another day. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. The God, you know what is the gift Satan carries? Blinding factors. He knows how to blind people from not seeing the damage you're doing into your marriage, from not seeing the damage you're having into your family, from not seeing the damage you're having towards your job, not seeing the damage you're having towards your health. He doesn't let you see that. You fall trap. You give in to these things. You know, when I was a young man, a teenager, there were relationships I would go into. And my mom would tell you, Yen knows about it. She, you know, I've told, I've told my mom, I've told Yen, I've, you know, I, I mean, like as though I'm hiding something. No, eh? <laughs> the truth is, sleepless nights. Why? Because I want to text the girl. I would drive home every night. And the love of my life would be on my phone. From the time I leave Klanajaya until I get home, 20 minutes. I know where the lines are bad with DG at that time. I knew where the towers were because somehow the line will always drop there. But we just sat down. We spent 2-3 hours together and I would be driving in the car. And I got into an accident. The truth is, I know we laugh about it, we may giggle about it, we may, 
But beloved, there's so much more danger, more damage. You know how many people damage their relationship with their pastors, with their relationship with people in church, damage their relationship with God? Because they're deceived, leered into relationships, leered into carnality, leered into ungodliness, leered into foolishness. The third reason why we get so easily ensnared is because we despise the tediousness of verifying. You know what we don't like to do? We don't like to ask questions. We don't want to read. We don't want to grow in wisdom and understanding. We like the fact that people say something and we like, uh, yes, I'll believe that. Instead of measuring between show and substance. Can I say something to you, beloved, right here? There is a difference between show and substance. If I stand before you today and I preach to you a fiery sermon, but don't live according to the message, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a showman. That's all I am. That's what P.T. Barnum was. The circus. You watch the movie, The Greatest Showman. P.T. Barnum was a great showman. He put on a front to people. He showed people that, you know what? Oh, I would use the Africans. I would get them, give them jobs. I would give them position. But you know what P.T. Barnum was doing on the back end? He was abusing those people. He was abusing them he was violating them he was treating them in such inhuman ways but on the outset people thought wow so he loves human beings so much giving everybody job but pt barnum was a liar he was a cheater he was an abuser he was what you call a showman no substance ask for proof beloved Ask for proof. Why am I preaching? I told you, this is a very practical sermon. Don't fall trapped to just anything people say. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We often open ourselves up to deception because our heart desires for it. You remember the story in the Bible, the Bible tells us in the book of Samuel, the people begin to tell God they don't, want a, they don't want a judge, they want a king. They forced God, they twisted God's hand. They said, no, we don't want a judge, we want a king. And God says, if, if that's what you want, you can have it. But that very king that you so demand to have will destroy you. And that's exactly what he did. He violated those people. He abused those people. And who do we blame? God, why you allow me to go into this? Why did you allow me to fall into this relationship? God, why did you allow me to go into this job? God, why did you... No, he didn't tell you to. He didn't allow you to. You did not want to listen. You didn't want to do your homework. You didn't want to ask questions. You didn't want to investigate further. 
He subconsciously, in blindness, we begin to embrace deceit. We lack knowledge and there's an unwillingness to ask and listen. I'll talk more about this at the end in conclusion, but you know, beloved, one of the things we really lack in our generation are people with critical thinking. People don't think anymore. I'm sorry, but I thank God for every one of you. I'm just asking you to be a thinker. Ask questions. Find out. Will this relationship be good for me? Where will this relationship take me five years down the road? Where will this decision lead me to five years down? What are the goods and the bads? See, the devil doesn't want us to be sober-minded. He wants us to be leered in. So what does he do? I'll go back to my first point. He hides the rail and emphasizes the false. And people subscribe to the false and then he shows his devil face at the end and says, I lied to you. Jim Jones was the founder of the People's Temple. More than 900 of Jim Jones' followers died in a cult murder or suicide in 1978 in Guyana. Over 300 children were murdered. It was the greatest loss of American civilian life in a deliberate act until the 9-11 attack. The FBI recovered a 45-minute audio recording of the suicide of Jim Jones in progress. It is disturbing, the FBI officer said. Demonic. I don't recommend it. On the tape, Jim Jones calmly urges his followers to drink cyanide-laced flavor aid after giving it to their children. Jim Jones is one of the most extreme examples of spiritual deception. But he is certainly not alone. History is marked by those who, in a hundred different ways, have influenced people away from God, damaged, even destroyed their life. What would make a person drink cyanide, knowing it's going to kill them and kill their children? You know what it was? They looked to Jim Jones with great respect. What he said, I will do. What he said, I will follow. It doesn't matter, he can be a fool. He can be a loser, but you follow after him and you damage and destroy the lives of your children and the people around you. And this is exactly what, when people, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, this is, clearly, clearly describes what I'm saying here. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Do not be deceived. You follow someone who is ungodly and unrighteous, you'll be like him. Do a background check. No, no, no. You know, I'm not telling you to be suspicious about everybody. But come on. If someone is telling you to do something that goes against your character, you want to know who your person is. Deliverance from deception is what brings freedom. See, the damages that we suffer, in Naaman's case, two talents of silver with two change of garments. Listen to me very carefully as I close. Naaman lost two talents of silver 
do change of garments. That's all. That's all. Naaman was a well-to-do person. He can walk away and say, oh yeah, the guy cheated me, so what? <laughs> but the number of other people who it destroys. Let me bring it down to where the rubber meets the road. Listen to me very carefully. For Naaman, it was two talents of silver and two change of gum. For Adam and Eve, it was all of humanity. Deception damaged all of humanity. So how do we overcome this? How do we come to a place where we draw the line? How do we determine someone is deceiving us? Number one, you need to pray for discernment. Discernment is the ability to be sober-minded. Wisdom to differentiate between what is right and what is almost right. This is where we find ourselves in a place where there is a lack of critical thinking in our generation. Young people are not taught to think anymore. Mark the book. Remember the book. Remember the chapters. Remember the, the, the write-up. Remember, it's all about mugging, beloved. There is a lack of critical thinking. I love it when I'm around people who can think and say, you know what, no, this, this will not work for this reason. Not because it's pride, but because they are bold enough to speak their mind and say, no, I don't think this is right. This is unacceptable. Because of this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. Oh, you should stop tithing. Why? The Bible says this, 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 this. And you reason why you tithe from Scripture. You shouldn't be doing this with your money. But why? You reason it from the Word of God. There has to be sober-mindedness. See, that's what the devil takes away from us. He takes that sober-mindedness away from us. He takes the ability for us to discern. So what happens is, beloved, you begin to listen to what people say. You begin to follow what people You see the person every day. You see the tree every day. You see the thing that is before you every day. And you're so convinced you're right, but you're so dead wrong. You have lost the sense of discernment. You have lost the sense of sober mind. You now justify sin and say it's acceptable. Why? Because no discernment. People can just come and tell you something and oh, oh okay, 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 let's do it. I cannot tell you the amount of garbage that goes on in the world today. takes a simple, simple act to verify information. And I'll preach on this. You know, I think big data is very depressing. I'll tell you why. Because when you can take big data and you can process it, it depresses you. Because you look at too much information at one time. And I can tell you, beloved, that's exactly what causes people to come to a place of depression because you see too much, you compare yourself too much, you look at things too much, you're bombarded with too much information, so much so you become so depressed.
Pastor, what are you saying? Are you telling us not to be learned? No. You've got to be learned. You've got to read. Read facts. Dissect it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to gain access in all of our lives. He'll use anybody and everybody. He'll use Job's wife. He'll use Judas to gain access to us. You have to be, you have to be wise. You have to be alert. The second way you, 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 you ward off this, this deception is through conviction. You need to pray, God, give me conviction. I was reading a story about a pastor. Just two days ago, a friend of mine forwarded this to me. And very interestingly, this young man uh, went into becoming a porn star. And uh, he began to give himself to that garbage before he became at the age, at a very young age, and I'm not going to go into detail, but what happened was when he entered into Los Angeles, Hollywood, he said, I felt something was wrong. I felt this tinge in my gut that says, this is not right. But he said the money was good. And people started appreciating and saying good things about him. Wow, you're so good at what you do and so on. And so much so this man, to some degree, pursued that path for five years. Why? He said, who cares about conviction? That gut feeling when he went into it was the Holy Spirit telling him, you're wrong, man. Don't do it. He refused it. He pushed it away. He said, I'm, I'm, this is what I want. I want pleasure. I want money. I want wealth. I want materialism. And he pursued that. The third way you... Listen. Listen to me. Practical advice this morning. You got to ask God for strength to say no. No. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not talking to you. No, I'm not coming into that. No, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not doing that. My friend sent me some kind of, you know, uh, 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 you know, um, what's the big thing? Crypto. Said, hey, bro, check this out. Cryptocurrency. I said, bro, with all due respect, no. I will protect my money in the best way I can, in the most appropriate. And, I, and I'm not doubting, you know, you want to be in it and I'm, I won't stop. I won't, I'm just saying for me, I am not going to entertain this garbage. For me, for me. It may be legit, it may be true, it may be... No, but I'm going to use my money in the ways I know I can make it work for me. That's it. Because God made me a steward. I'm not going to buy into just what people say. I'm not going to buy into it. And that's true. Not only with that, I've learned in my walk with God to say no. And I'll tell you what, beloved. Too many people are yes men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter what they think of you. Be a steward of what God has given you. So let me ask you this morning. Are you bound in deception? What has it costed you? Is your relationship with God distanced over the past 
I don't know. Have you damaged relationships with people who are around you? Have you damaged relationships with the people who care for you and love you? See, these are questions you have to answer. It's a boring sermon, I'll tell you. I told Yen, I say it's one of those sermons that just... But you go back and you listen to it again. It'll protect you. Simon Gronowski was on the train to Auschwitz during the Holocaust. We know the story that somehow Adolf Hitler had promised people, if only you get on the train, you will have a better life, a better future, a better green on the other side. And so Simon and his family got on the train. But what was sad is as they were traveling down that path, they heard wind that Adolf Hitler was actually not taking them to greener pastures. He was in fact taking them down the path of burning them and bringing them to a, uh, uh, rather burning them at the guest chambers. And so what Simon Gronowski's mother did, she had a husband, but her husband thankfully was admitted in the hospital, so he didn't come on the journey. But Simon Gronowski's mother took a hundred dollars, uh, I don't know in which currency, I think it was in a uh, hundred francs note. She rolled that note up and slid it into his socks and she pushed the door outward and she took this young man by his shoulders. As the train was moving on a fast pace, she released this boy and this boy was saved. This boy ran down that path, went into the jungle. And eventually today, this young man has become a father, grandfather, became a lawyer. So close. But somewhat God delivered him. His mother didn't make it. So let me tell you right here, when you get sucked into deception, there's no freedom. They will promise you everything, church. The love of your life will promise you everything. I will give you everything you want. It is your choice to decide that's a deception. My own, the only one who can give me everything is God. Can I encourage you right here? You got to learn to identify through critical. Is this right? Does this make sense? Does this connect? Does this happen? And that's my frustration every time when I hear people say things. I'm like, why don't you just think? And I sometimes take a step back. I say, you know what? Shh. Shut my mouth. The only best lesson is consequences, sowing and reaping. And I encourage you, don't get trapped in deception. I want you to bow your heads this morning.